I'm Tiffany Blackman, and this is my so-called fabulous. Welcome to the show, y'all. I have her back again, Tracy Walder, the unexpected spy, the author of this fabulous book. And let me tell you, this woman was on the show, gosh, it was back episode 118, season three. I had her earlier in the season talking about school safety. But let me give you a little bit. I want you to go back to 118, of course, number 161 this season. But this woman is a former CIA officer. She served nine tours, y'all. Nine, two in Afghanistan. The rest, she won't tell me where it is. It was undercover. How cool is that? FBI special agent working in Chinese counterintelligence. Recruited the CIA her junior year at USC, living in the DG house. That sorority house. Oh, my goodness. She went to a job fair, and I don't. Th- I think she was wanting to be a history teacher, maybe, and interviewed with CIA, got the job, and she has been trailblazing ever since. She then went to the FBI and then a history teacher. She is teaching at my alma mater, TCU, now. Welcome to the show. Back to the show, Tracy Walder. Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. Congrats on the success of your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for your time, because I know you're traveling over here, and you're seeing me, and I just can't tell you how much you, I appreciate you supporting me and my so-called fabulous. Of course. I you love this someday. podcast. I love Fort Worth, too. Well, thank you, and some days it's not so fabulous, but today it is. You're here. <laughs> so we are going to talk about because so many have asked me to talk about true crime and I have to say I'm not a candidate to talk about it at all um so my daughter just said mom get Tracy get Tracy back so I did and we are talking about true crime talking about crime and um it's obviously a thing. You're very passionate about it. You are working for whom now? So now um, I do national security and crime con- contributions to News Nation and then to Law and Crime Network. So it's something I do all the time. And then obviously I teach criminal justice. That's right. I'm at TCU. Exactly. So you're teaching this. Tracy, what is everyone, not everyone, not me, but what is people fascination with true crime podcasts, um, streaming, documentaries, books. Tell me. Yeah. So, you know, I try to get away like my teacher hat. The the term we use in criminal justice is the wedding cake model of crime. And the reality is, is, you know, the serial killings, you know, all of the the deviant stuff that people seem to really be um, fascinated by is just the top tier of the wedding cake. It's not as much crime as we suspect right that bottom tier the largest tier of the wedding cake those are misdemeanors that you know parking tickets those kinds of things and that's really what is happening most of the time however the media coverage right that we get with these you know serial killer cases or murder cases would make it seem like that's what's happening more but it's really not and so i think a lot of times we're just obsessed uh, with this deviant behavior because it's not something we can wrap our own brains around. And so it's our way of trying to understand, um, you know, how this happened and how to not be a victim of this. Exactly. And and I was reading, and and I'm going to paraphrase what I read this morning in the wee hours doing some research on why. Um, My daughter loves true crime. And I and I, I told you before, she, she wanted us to put a chip in her. She was worried about being kidnapped. She was worried about me and her dad. And um, that was in her younger years, 24 now. And I'm like, why are you, Kennedy, why are you watching this? And she's like, mother, it makes me alert. It makes me aware. And you should listen to it. 
But Tracy, the last movie I saw that was scary is Copycat. I was so scared I couldn't, I, I didn't even want to go out. It would rob it down, Robert Downey Jr. a long time ago. I didn't even want to leave the house. It, it just, it, it, it casts a spell on me. So what am I doing here? What should I be doing? I, I mean, do what you want. You do you. <laughs> but you know, I mean, people are, people are different. But what, I, I mean, the fascination is there. But also, is it, are they trying not to get? Yes, you know, I mean, you have to remember the the true crime that we see on TV or Netflix or, you know, any of those, which is all true. It all really happened. But that's what's going to sell. Right. So we have to remember that that's not the norm and that's not what's happening every single day, multiple times a day. And so, yes, it does create this like sense of fear sometimes in folks that this is something that must be happening all the time. And that is problematic. But I think what your daughter is doing in a way of being proactive is is really great, quite frankly, in that she's trying to learn what to do and what not to do based on what has happened to these these victims. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I share with you and I've shared with my listeners, I'm very transparent. I had a first marriage that went array. Um, went He went to jail for murder. Um, it was a horrific murder. And um, I think I that I have a lot of PTSD from that. And um, I think that I'm afraid, but you would think that I would never want to attract that person again. This was a long time ago, long, long time ago. So I think that if I was, I would be looking for that clue that maybe that was like him. You know what I mean? Maybe that was, maybe that's my, my backwards thinking. I don't know. But anyway, it's, like I said, I told you, I'm not an expert in this, but I'm just, I'm just curious, you know, why? Because a lot of people I told you were coming on and they're like, Tiffany, that's great. Oh my gosh, ask her these questions. Well, thanks, because I need all the questions I can get. So, so talk to us about serial killers. Talk to us about the brain of a serial killer. Well, so that then that the serial killer really boils down to psychopaths versus sociopaths, right? And so, a lot of times, you know, with with serial killers, they seem, and I think this might be, I don't want to say attraction. That's the wrong w word, but the fact that people become so captivated by this is they seem so much like you and I. Mm -hmm. And I think we want them to look like the boogeyman, if that makes any sense. We want them to look different than us, to think different than us. But sometimes the reality is that, you know, they don't. And so really the difference, though, becomes serial killer versus, you know, mass murder. And typically a mass murder is multiple people being killed all at once. Mm -hmm. um, serial killer is killing multiple people, but at different times in different locations. So that's really the difference. But, you know, if we look at the Idaho, uh, Brian Koberger, right now, that really just looks like a mass killing, if we think about it, because it's four people all in the same location. Mm -hmm. Now, if we start to see him being tied, right, to other killings at other locations, then that becomes a serial killer situation. So we're, I don't want to say confusing the two. I don't, I'm just not sure we know the difference, really, right. between the two. Right. And serial killers, I, I, I was listening to a lot of your TikToks. I listen to all your TikToks. But... Um, the serial killers, do they leave clues? It depends. So that's another one where um, sometimes I'll get frustrated because becoming obsessive about them leaving clues sometimes makes it so that we don't solve the crime. Because what can happen is, is we find, you know, a victim and there was no smiley face there. Therefore, it can't be the same killer. Well, it can be because maybe the smiley face wasn't on purpose. 
right? So we don't know. Um, some leave clues, some don't. They actually more don't um, than do, quite frankly. But we see that being played up a lot of times in the movies. I mean, I, I would assume they don't want to get caught because exactly. it is an addiction to killing, right? It's more an addiction to control Ugh. and dominance. I think that's more the situation. That's it. Mm -hmm. So the serial killers. Okay. So you were talking about the murders. Or, it is not the murder. We think it's natural reasons that these men have been drowning in these lakes. Mm -hmm. In Lady Bird Lake in Austin. In Chicago, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, in Boston, Massachusetts. So explain that to me because I've heard that. It was down on Rainy Street, and Greg and I used to live on Rainy Street in Austin. And right after we moved is when this started happening. Wow. <sighs> oh, my gosh. That's So this has been going on for a while, since about 2008-ish, when mm -hmm. they've been finding um, clusters, right? That's where we start. Look, the reality is, and I hate to be flippant, I don't mean to be, but we when you have large bodies of water near very inhabited areas, you are unfortunately going to have accidental drownings. That's just something that happens. But when you have clusters of five, six, seven people all being killed within the same week or within, you know, just a few days, that is something that we need to start looking at. But that is one of the issues where I think we got too caught up with looking for that clue that they leave behind and it started with being identified as a smiley face killer and that they saw smiley face graffiti in new york where some of these bodies ended up but the thing is is the graffiti was over half a mile away and it's graffiti and mm -hmm. so really it could be anything and because if we look at you know austin or chicago there is no graffiti near these bodies I'm wondering if people just aren't making that connection that maybe some of this all might be connected because they've become so focused on this smiley face issue. Also, we don't have cause of death released for, for a lot of these individuals, which is concerning. Yes. Uh, I would think at this point, some of them have been ruled um, accidental drownings. Um, some of them still haven't been, but they suspect accidental drownings. And so those kinds of things are concerning to me. Um, especially when I started to look at Chicago and Austin. So um, Chicago started with just a slew of eight to 10 bodies and then it stopped. And about a month later, it started in Austin and nothing was happening in Chicago. And now nothing's really happening in Austin and more bodies are being found in Chicago. And I find that to be very interesting. Um, you know, is that the same person? Is it not? I don't know. Um, but I just find the whole thing to be interesting. Tracy, could it be a... I mean, could, could these killings or possible killings, I guess that's what I'm supposed to say, uh, alleged, alleged, alleged. Um, could they be from a group? You know, we've never seen that before, really? um, but, you know, who's to say it's never happened and we just don't know about it. Um, yes, it could be. It very much could be um, a group of, you know, serial killers, four or five people could be one person but yes i think the possibility is always there just because we've never seen it uh doesn't mean it isn't sadly possible and the demographics mm -hmm. what are the demographics so between the ages of about 20 to 35 males um we've seen um different ethnicities different races but almost all except one have been males oh gosh i mean it's just it's amazing to me and that and again clues uh, is it really a clue or is it just a happenstance, exactly. right? I mean, that would just drive drive me crazy. So is, who is investigating this? Is it local 
or FBI. Local. It's local. It's local. Okay. When does the FBI step in? The FBI wouldn't come in. Um, that that would be crossing their jurisdictional lines and really to come in, um, like they were in Idaho. Um, n- no, I mean it is. If we haven't made a connection, you know, between the two that these are crossing state lines, then it's really up to Chicago police and Austin police to be investigating these, which they are. So as a former FBI agent, does that does that I mean, grind your gears that 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 they couldn't know? Because no, because I think a big mis- misconception about the FBI is that they investigate murders. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a lot of what we do, because most murders are not federal crimes. They're not crossing state lines. Okay. Um, right? There, it's a whole lot of white collar, <laughs> a whole yes. lot of financial fraud and those kinds of things. It's not to say it's never happened, but really the FBI is invited in on those kinds of cases. And I'm fine with that. It's Austin's P- It's Austin PD's job to investigate crimes that happen in Austin. Right. Okay. Let's go to Idaho. Mm-hmm. Brian Kohlberger. Um, he has been indicted. Yes. For the four murders. Yes. Of the Idaho students. Why? I mean, I mean, that's a silly question, but for and he's an intelligent man. Well, that's the issue, right? Is the why. That's what everyone wants to know. That's why we become so interested in things. Okay. This and this deviant behavior is the why. Because if we can make sense of the why, then we can become not a victim because we understand the why. And so I think that's that's the issue um, in this particular case. And yeah, he's working on his PhD in criminal justice, which, um, you know, is obviously interesting. Most serial killers have high IQ, so that's not strange, um, you know, necessarily if we look at that. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I have my theories as to why he did what he did, but obviously it's just a, just a theory. So I have not researched this, so I'm just going off. I'm just at you and I just sitting here having conversation. Did he know these students? So, well, that's the question, right? And un- unfortunately, the indictment is for the most part sealed. So I, excuse me, the probable cause affidavit, which is the document that the FBI or, you know, Idaho PD used to get that indictment. So it's all the things that they think, you know, led them to believe that Koberger is guilty of this crime is sealed. So I can't. You can't. I okay. can't know. Right. Um, but based on information that's come out, I personally think um, that he had become infatuated um, maybe through a a chance encounter, maybe, you know, on the street, at a restaurant, whatever, um, with one of the girls in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't want to say who it is, but it's just because I've had a respect to the family. It's not right. And um, I think he was, became obsessed um, with her. I don't think he planned on killing four people that night. I really don't. Um, I don't think he expected one of them to be there because she actually wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and so I, I really do think that that is where that started. And I think once things are unsealed, we'll see that maybe he had tried to contact one of them on social media. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, I just, I think about this and I think about the families, just like mm-hmm. you said, and just horrific any way you look at it. But um, what... It, what are people thinking? I think of this too of of financial crime or white collar crime. You're going to get caught, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean t- Tiffany, that's how I feel. 
especially in this day, and, day age, and age with technology and digital. Like, I, I really don't know what people are thinking except for greed. My students at TCU last week, we just did Bernie Madoff and <laughs> financial crime. Oh, and they were just like, how did he not think that this would implode? And they're not wrong, right? Like, They're not wrong. But I think we get motivated by greed and we think we can keep covering up, covering up, covering up, covering up. And I think ego gets involved and you start to think you're smarter and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how that you know, the, the Madoff, I just recently watched that. I didn't oh, watch the that. documentary. But, yeah. I mean, the documentary. But, I, I w- again, going, how in the world did you not think? Now, back then, it's all written and everything. Okay, maybe. But, but he was he getting was caught. in this in 2008. For sure. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I and I, I so I'm just amazed. It's going to take this. a long time for the FBI to catch you. Financial crimes take a long time to process because it is quite the web, right, mm-hmm. of just documents and wires and money going back and forth and that takes a long time to you know unravel right um but you're gonna get caught you're at some caught. point and you were I, you even said in an interview i saw you on an interview about the idaho mur- murders or someone said dna the blood is on the phone or i mean it's there's i mean how do you clean up all the, i mean well that was what the idaho case and i think interestingly that's where their case might be the weakest. I can't I can't decide. It's it's just my observation of that case. And I don't mean to be graphic, but in a scene that bloody where you've killed four people with a knife, right? It's there was no DNA found in his car, no DNA found on him. That's weird, right? Um, just because DNA is so small, blood is so small that it's it's mystifying to me. Um, I still think even though he's been indicted, it's my opinion that he probably did it. Just my opinion. Sure. Um, but again, uh, it is it is going to be interesting for the prosecution to explain how there was no blood um, found. And they've taken apart his car and didn't find blood. And I thought for sure there would be blood in that car. And there was none. Because that creates reasonable doubt. Yes. I'm acting like I know what I'm talking about. It does about. create reasonable <laughs> doubt, right? And I'm that's serious. When I was an FBI agent, you would think that we want to think like the prosecution, right? Like gather evidence, gather evidence. And we do, but we also want to think about the defense. How are they going to poke holes in that evidence, right? I know. So you have to think about it kind of both ways. Could you ever be an attorney? No. 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 <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> No, no, you're good. I know you're good. You, you don't need another resume. Well, really. I mean, now, and I don't know if we're talking, going to talk about this, but you've got the Murdaugh um, murders. Yes. Yes, we are. That's looking at being overthrown out, perhaps, because of really? misconduct. What? So the clerk of the court, obviously, Alec Murdaugh, he was convicted, so we can say he was found guilty um, of those murders. It's not alleged. Um, but now it's come forward that the clerk of the court, who's really the person in charge of, you know, hurting the jury and all those kinds of things, um, you know, told the jury essentially to find him guilty and that, you know, don't you think he's guilty and that she struck a book deal as a result of this. So if that's true, this is not good. Um, Could it case really be thrown out? I think he would get a new trial as a result of it. My goodness. I mean, I just can't imagine. Can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine any level of all of these things. I mean, the people prosecuting, defending, the people do it. I know. I know. Okay. I'm going to take you, uh, because Tracy and I have a guilty pleasure. We do, both of us. We both love the Housewives and (gasps) Vanderpump Rules. Yes. It is my guilty pleasure because, A, I like the fashion with Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. but... It is mindless for me. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, 
so mild. Listen, it just kind of calms me down. 100%. I don't listen to True Crime, don't watch it, but I will watch I tell the my drama. that it's my pacifier. Yes, yes. <laughs> so let's go to Scandaval. Yes. Tom Scandaval. Sandoval. Yes. Okay. If you're if you're not familiar, Vanderpuff Rules on Bravo and Tom Sandoval. My question is, how do you spot a liar? That guy is good, right? <laughs> yes, and I did a TikTok, I think, or a, and it's interesting. I could probably do a whole true crime of the housewives, quite frankly, because <laughs> so many of them have been indicted yes. um, and found guilty, quite frankly. I mean, one's in jail right now that we know, yes. you know, of these crimes. And um, so really, there's so much we could do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with... Will you come back and let's do that? Yes. Of oh, my gosh. That'd be fabulous. I just thought about four of them. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I mean, there's so many. To, yes. That's the thing. Um, so, you know, a couple ways to spot a liar. The first one is they never give you a straight answer to any question ever. I think that would be the number one way um, to uh, spot a liar. I think the other one, and I'm talking more relationship-wise, mm-hmm. is love bombing incessantly. Love bombing to the extreme. So we're talking over the top. Um, signs of affection because in a way perhaps they're compensating because they feel guilty yes. um, about something yes um, and so I and I think finally the third one is you know never having their story straight and constantly deviating from what their original story was so I would say those would sort of be the so the yeah that would that would be the the, the markers yes. so when you're if a, a liar I always think that they just don't look at you but there's good ones there's good oh, liars there's good liars that, that look, look at you look at writing. yeah you know there's studies on eye contact and those kinds of things and all of that does play a role but I mean I don't I feel that Sandoval in this case was was trying to come across as genuine mm-hmm. um and as a result I don't think he was really deviating in his eye contact at least from what I saw no he's good yeah very very good I mean it's I mean it's if I'm sure you, most of you watch obviously they just reinvented themselves with yes. Sandoval for sure <laughs> for sure and Ariana okay so let's take it a little more serious and let's talk about school shootings sure all right it's it's a thing, church shootings, school shootings, even grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, this is where we are in our society. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I will probably will not go back to a movie theater because mm-hmm. it's too easy to just watch it in the house besides I'm watching The Housewives. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's I'm nervous about that. But I've, I've had people ask me, well, you go to the grocery store, you go to Central Market. So what is that? What is the demographic for a school shooter or a church any of them well so that's mostly how i feel actually about malls shopping malls i feel that way um i am very hesitant to go indoor into an indoor mall i really don't go quite frankly um to indoor malls i personally just don't feel comfortable but the reality is is everything's a target right it's what we call soft targets you know the places where they're not hardened um and so I think that is is mostly the demographic. What we're seeing in this mass shootings are males um, between the ages of you know eighteen to about twenty two. So so young young males. Can I ask why? Is you the- know it was very interesting, and there was an article that I think the New York Times did. Was it five or six years ago? And it was called "Our Boys Are Not Okay," um, and it was all about. Um, a culture of toughness of of raising boys and I thought that that was a really interesting it shed a little bit of light on some of the mindset but it's hard to say you know for certain why without making you know 
assumptions. Right. I don't want right. to assume. Exactly. And we don't want to assume. But, you know, I, you and I both have our personal beliefs on the whole entire situation. And um, I think we have we need more control in this country. And we'll just leave it at that. And uh, we have to be better than this. I mean, for people to be scared. You are a Jewish American. I mean, how I, I asked you a year or so ago. You know, you were like, that's the biggest target for you, right? Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, no one seems to take issue with, you know, CIA, FBI, which I completely thought people would. Um, the biggest issue people don't like about me and send me the most hate um, about is my religion, which is crazy because I'm actually I'm actually not that religious, quite right. frankly, either. Um, I I mean, yes, I'm Jewish. I always be Jewish. I'm not converting, but I'm just not a super um, religious person. But you know, it's, uh, we have to have, I think it goes back to the school shootings too. I don't shy away from those conversations with my daughter. Um, you know, I found out that at one school she was at, they were just calling lockdown drills a game. We need to not be calling them that, you know, no matter how little they are, it needs to be age appropriate uh, for what they are. Um, but I think we're having these lockdown drills. They need to be taken seriously. And we need to explain why we're having them, you know, in these age appropriate ways. And she knows, too, um, we got her this in weird France, beautiful star of the mm -hmm. It's like diamonds and pearls. And I, she can't I don't let her wear it to school um, because I just don't know. And that's really sad. And I have told her why. And she knows why. Um, but it's just unfortunately. It's unfortunate. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. But it is what it is. I mean, we are always thinking. I mean, I'm always looking, making mm -hmm. sure that, you know, but how do you know? Right. You know, you just don't know. No, you don't at all. I know. Stalkers. <laughs> Are there stalker laws? Because you have a stalker. <laughs> yeah. So, no. <laughs> There's not. There are. But, uh, you know, it's very uh, it's very interesting. So, yes, I have a stalker. Yay. Um, I can't. Uh, I mean. Fat, and he's a very famous, like, prolific stalker, too. Um, he's been in jail for stalking Ivanka Trump, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, yeah. He's um he's prolific. Uh, the interesting thing that I found is actually being on the other side of law enforcement now mm -hmm. um, and how we're not taken seriously sometimes, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really tough uh, on me. We, we do have stalker laws, but the issue is, is typically they don't come with a stiff enough sentence. With my stalker, technically what he's doing is federal. He's crossing state lines doing this, right? He's in California, sometimes Florida. I'm here in Texas. And so he should be brought up on federal charges, which would have a much longer, stiffer sentence. But it's not as it's not viewed as an imminent threat. Therefore, my my only option is to have him brought to Texas on probably misdemeanor harassment charges. He serves like six days right in jail. And now I've brought him to Texas. You've pissed him off. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. he's in my state, in my city. I don't really want that. And so. Unfortunately, because of the law, I've made a choice not to do anything. Right. And how is he stalking you? Oh, so many ways. Um, he uh, calls my husband's work um, incessantly. He emails me, I mean, thousands of emails a day. Thousands. Um, he, I don't know how he got my phone number, um, but then started leaving me so many messages that people then couldn't leave messages because my voicemail was full. Oh. Um, I blocked him and couldn't understand the why they were going into my blocked math. Like, why is he still being able to get through? And the service provider said, oh, you can just block him, but he can still leave a message. I had no idea that 
you know, that was a thing. So I've done detective work on my own and we have his IP address and I just track him myself. Mm. <laughs> I mean, what a sicko. Yes. I mean, that is unbelievable. But yes. it's, that's his career, it sounds like. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, yeah, no wonder we're so we're so nervous with our children, right? Yes. So let's go to, I just, I want to ask this. And, and like I said, everyone, listen to the previous podcast with her. She's amazing. But I have to ask you, between the CIA and the FBI, I know you had a favorite, right? I think I know. But yes. you do, right? I do. And what is that? The CIA definitely yeah, right. was my favorite. Really? I think it probably suited my personality a little bit more. What was the most difficult part of being in the CIA? I know your training. I mean, I know you. I mean, you're so physically fit. The training was fun. I mean, that's how I viewed the training. I'm trying to think of what the most difficult part. Um, obviously, I, I think for me, the most difficult part is as after, right? Um, and that's that's I guess a new development since I was on um, before. Is a lot of us suffer from PTSD and you know major major issues as a result of our service and so we're not considered veterans because we're not military and so um i'm fortunate and i have a husband who has insurance so i get you know my medicine i'm very open about you know i have depression and ptsd from my time i take medicine i go to therapy all of that but it's all covered um you know so i'm just paying a copay right. but not everyone's in the same situation no. as me and even in the military, if you leave, retire, whatever, and you're in good standing, you will get coverage for those things. It's not perfect, but you get it. CIA does not. And we were in situations that were really, really bad. Oh, sure. and, we're in, in and seven countries. So I got angry one day. <laughs> and I did something I never do because I'm usually very measured. You know, on social media, I don't rant. But um, I rage tweeted uh, Senator Cornyn, <laughs> um, who is our senator here in Texas. Yes. And I rage tweeted him because he sits on the intelligence committee um, and just, you know, this is ridiculous at the scene. Just, you know, rage tweet. Sure. He wrote me back. He did? <laughs> yes. And? To his credit, he emailed me. His, his, his staff was emailing me. They had no idea. Of course. That we did. were not covered. And really started taking an interest in it and we're, we're like horrified basically that we were not covered um as veterans and so he worked with me for like over a year and a half to create legislation that created um 10 million dollars to be set aside for the cia and former cia officers for uh, mental health care and that just went into effect july 1st of this wow. year so Thank you, Senator Cornyn. Congratulations. And who would have known that a rage tweet? <laughs> well, there's a there's a time and place for everything. Yes, exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, yes. right? Well, good for you. Mm -hmm. Because didn't you mention that if if you see a mental health professional, yes. a doctor, or if you're prescribed medication, which should be helping you, that that affects your security exactly. clearance? Yep. Is that true? So that's true. Um, they are looking at revising that because the way i see it is if you seek out a mental health professional you are actually trying to be healthy i think that's actually better than not seeking out a mental health professional and so yes you do stand a risk of losing your security clearance and at the fbi you stand a risk of having your weapon taken away right um and a lot of people as a result then don't get treated for it which i could understand because right. they want to keep their jobs well of course mm -hmm. they want to keep quiet of i course. guess so i mean and that's the way of the world sometimes unfortunately which brings me to fbi versus cia so 
obviously y'all look at her if you're on youtube she's just so beautiful and precious and has such a big heart um but you and, and i know you don't like this you don't look like a cia or you don't look <laughs> like an fbi that. i know you don't like that at all but that's the cliche yep and um when i say that you told me when i met you you because i asked you about being in this population you told me you were in the battlefields of Afghanistan with Navy SEALs, mm -hmm. young men, and you never felt harassed. Nope. You never felt never. anything like that. No. When you're in an organization like the FBI, it can look different. Is that right? Yes. And look, the CIA has its own problem. They're dealing with an actual sexual harassment lawsuit right now um, of an individual there. So I can only speak to my lived right. experiences. Um, however... I think that the gathering of intelligence and in law enforcement are viewed in two very different ways um, by our society. And you expect when someone's knocking down your door, right, to come and arrest you, that they're this big, you know, strong person. And I guess that that's not what I bring to the table necessarily, <laughs> which is fine. Um, and so having to overcome that was really frustrating. Um, right. Just because it was kind of one of those things. This is a terrible analogy, but if anyone's seen Legally Blonde, uh, where yes. she, she she talks to um, her ex-boyfriend, she's like, am I on glue or did we both get into the same school? And that is how I felt a lot of times. You know, at Quantico, I was passing all the same tests, so why are you giving me a hard time? Right. <laughs> all here. Exactly. And so it was kind of, that was how I was feeling, and it was really frustrating. Yes, and in your book, you talk about, you talk about, the, the the prototype black suit. I always go back to the black yes, suit. Yes. And you you are a fashion queen and just just getting something a little bit out of the line, blurring it and it was not it wasn't didn't work out well for you. No, it's not. You know, and I just love that when you were teaching high school to, to break down the gender barriers, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to. I mean, I know sometimes you, it's very difficult, obviously, but to break down those barriers. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Good grief. Okay, girl, I have had you here in Fort Worth long enough. I'm going to get you back to talk about the housewives for sure. Yes. Maybe next year. That's going to be good. That'll be a good one. We have to have a glass of wine or two without one. So <laughs> tell us how to find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Unexpected Spy, TikTok at The Unexpected Spy, or Twitter, Tracy Walder. Y'all, and we're going to link her book, The Unexpected Spy. I've read it. I've listened to it. It's absolutely amazing. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And I'm just so happy to call you my friend. Thank you so much. I'm honored to call you my friend, My too. blingy friend, everyone. So everyone, y'all, oh, gosh, this true crime. I'm not telling you to listen or not to listen. But, you know, listen along on my podcast for sure. And everyone have a wonderful day. Be safe and keep being fabulous.